You're about to hear a life-transforming word brought to you by Trinity Baptist Church, London, an oasis for breakthrough. The focus of Trinity Baptist Church is to see people develop a Christ-like character that impacts our world. Now, prepare your hearts to receive God's word through his anointed servant. Samuel chapter 6. 2 Samuel chapter 6. We start reading from verse 1. Let's hear the word of God. Again, David gathered all the choice men of Israel, 30,000. And David arose and went with all the people who were with him from Baal, Judah, to bring up from there the ark of God, whose name is called by the name the Lord of hosts, who dwells between the cherubim. So they set the ark of God on a new cart and brought it out of the house of Abinadad, which was on the hill, and Uzzah and Ahio, the sons of Abinadad, drove the new cart. And they brought it out of the house of Abinadad, which was on the hill, accompanying the ark of God, and Ahio went before the ark. Then David and all the house of Israel played music before the Lord on all kinds of instruments, of fair wood, on harps, on stringed instruments, on tambourines, on sistrums, and on cymbals. And when they came to Nacon's stretching floor, Uzzah put out his hand to the ark of God and took hold of it for the oxen stumbled. Then the anger of the Lord was aroused against Uzzah, and God struck him there for his error. And he died there by the ark of God. And David became angry because of the Lord's outbreak against Uzzah. And he called the name of the place Perez Uzzah to this day. David was afraid of the Lord that day, and he said, How? Can the ark of the Lord come to me? Father, we honor you for the clarity of your word. We honor you that you watch over your word to cause it to come to pass. Your word is life. Your word is sweeter than the honeycomb. It is your word that heals. It is your word that restores. Father, this afternoon, prepare our hearts to hear your word. Prepare our hearts and turn us back unto you, O God. I ask for grace that in clarity and in simplicity, your word will be shared. In the mighty name of Jesus, God's people shall say, Two weeks ago, I began a teaching on the topic, avoiding the spirit of overfamiliarity. I preached this in the first service two weeks ago, and then also this morning. Uh, but two weeks ago, if you recollect, it was the Thanksgiving service uh, of our dear sister Arlene. 
And as such, I preached a different uh, a message. So today, by the leading of the Holy Spirit, I seek to begin this message with us and hope to finish it off next Sunday. The first service will have three uh, sessions, but the second service will have two, and I'll try to put so much into today, avoiding the spirit of over-familiarity. One of the dangers of modern Christianity is the spirit of over-familiarity. God has become too familiar to us. And as a theme this year helps us to look at the supremacy of Jesus, it becomes very important that you and I will come to a place in our walk with God where we will examine ourselves so that Jesus can rule supreme in every area of our lives. The danger with the modern day church is that we forget too soon where the Lord picked us from. God's plan has always been that you and I prosper and be in good health even as our soul prospers. Because he says his plans that he has for us are plans of good and not of evil. To give us a future and to give us a hope which is undefined. We forget the price that was paid for us. So soon we forget the agony of Calvary. How God had to turn his eyes away as Jesus hung on that cross, suspended between heaven and earth. The creator of the universe, when he asked for water, was given vinegar. As darkness fell on the earth, God could not look at his son because he carried the weight of your sin and my sin. The price that was so well paid Becoming a substitute on that cross, that the mercies of the Lord that fades not can shine on us. Today, if we are alive, it is only because of His grace. Today, you and I are assured of the fact that our past has been redeemed. The life that we live today makes sense. And that our future is secure because of Jesus. We have victory over ancestral curses. We have victory over every satanic power. And we have a name that is above all names. And as we mention that name, the enemy has no right than to flee. We forget too soon his mercy over our children. His elevation and promotion over our lives. Unfortunately, the 21st century has become too familiar with the things of God. Reverence for God in the 21st century has gone out of the windows of too many charismatic churches. Something that the Orthodox churches led by the Catholic Church regardless of what we say about them, has done so well to keep reverence for God. In the passage that I read, Uzzah, 
a son of Abinadad, and the ark of the covenant of the Lord had been in their house for 40 years. Why will he stretch out his hand and touch the ark of the covenant of the Lord? When the scriptures make it quite clear that those that are instructed to touch the ark must be people who have consecrated themselves and that not anybody at all can touch the ark. David was angry, but what David forgot was that Uzzah touched the ark with his eyes opened. Forty years of the ark in his house had made it familiar for him. Was he a Levite? We don't know. The ark has always represented the presence and the honor of God. And you do not draw near God's presence without appropriate preparation. You see, over-familiarity robbed something so much so that even though his birth was announced because the Philistines were oppressing the children of Israel, and God supernaturally caused Mrs. Manoah, who was barren, to conceive something. And an angel specifically appeared to them, and when they wanted to know the name of the angel, and the, when the angel refused to eat in their house, and they asked for a sign, the sacrifice that they made, the angel began to ascend and descend on that sacrifice. They saw the glory of God literally with their eyes. And the rule was that he will be a Nazarite. A Nazarite is somebody whose hair must not be touched with any razor. And as a Nazarite, if he sinned, the rule was that he has to go to the high priest, confess his sin. All the hair will be shoving off and it will be left for seven more years to grow again. But not something. Something's first desire was that I've seen a woman I wanted. When the parents asked, are there no women in Israel? He says, I want her. Something knew very well that as a Nazarite, he should not touch anything that was defiled. He should not touch alcohol. He should not touch a woman that was not a wife, but not Samson. As long as Samson did whatever he did and the hair was on, everybody saw him to be obeying the laws of the Nazarite. Today, for many of us, in the modern-day charismatic church, the, mod the 21st century charismatic church, as long as we speak in tongues, as long as we know the slogans, we can live anyhow. But something so abused the power of God that when his secret was let out, because for him, his phrase was, I will shake myself as always. And anytime something shook himself, it was, you remember what, what was the name of the guy who just ate spinach and his power came? Popeye. Popeye or Popeye? Popeye. All what Popeye needed was to get spinach. 
and regardless of your height. So that was, that was what Samson was doing. So anytime he was in danger, he would check himself. At a point, they knew they had him. They locked the city gate. And all the borders were being secured. All what Samson did, shook himself. When he got to the gate, and the gate was locked, with one hand, he just lifted the gate and threw it somewhere. At a point when he was angry, with his bare hand, he arrested 300 foxes, tied their tails together, and set one of them on fire. He so much abused the power of God because the hair was on. But when God left him, the Bible says, Samson did not know that the Lord had... You see, there is always a day of reckoning. But I stand here and declare that by the blood of Jesus... By the death, the burial, and the resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, are past sins. Only Jesus knows you through and through and still loves you. And I say this all the time. Only Jesus can walk into the corridors of your past and wipe it clean and still love you. And still give you a future. If God had judged us by our sins, none of us would have been here today. But what God will not do is that we sing with our eyes open deliberately. And today I want to encourage us and, and by that same token also to challenge us and at the same time also to warn us that the 21st century church must stop and to the multitudes that are watching and listening to this message online and on television a day of reckoning will come. But God so much loves you that it will never be his desire to destroy you. But may we stop taking God for granted. Samson would literally sleep with prostitutes. And when the enemies were coming over, he would shake himself and fly them through the sky. Unfortunately, we do all manner of things and come to church. We come and we play the roles that we have to play. And at times we forget that God does not see. We serve a God who sees. We serve a God who does not see as man sees. God looks at the heart. The toss in our heads, he knows it. But he's a father. He's a loving God. He asked the children of Israel, if I'm a father, where is my honor? A son honors his father and a servant his master. If I'm a father, where is my honor? If I'm a master, where is my reverence? A fourth century monk from France in the fourth century said, if you go on the mountain to pray, don't plunder the goods of the king. Worship him. But the 21st century church has mastered how to plunder the king's goods. And on the mountain, when we go to worship, when we go to pray, all that we are mindful and careful are the things that we can get. Our dad will not deny us, but
but we should not deny the reverence that is due him. Overfamiliarity speaks of taking God for granted. Unfortunately, not only do we take God for granted, but we, most of the times we take one another also for granted. Many men take their wives for granted and many wives also take their husbands for granted. Many of us, we get to a point we believe that we know too much than God. Second Chronicles chapter 26 records a story of a young king by name King Uzziah who sat on the throne at the age of 16 and the Bible tells us that the fifth verse tells us that he sought God in the days of the prophet Zechariah who had understanding in the visions of God and as long as he sought the Lord God made him to prosper. Then the verse 16 tells us that when he was strong, his heart was lifted up to his, own to his own destruction. For he transgressed against the Lord by entering into the temple to offer incense on the altar. And he ended up with leprosy. The question is, why can a Christian take God for granted. The scriptures has been recorded for our admonition and also for warning and for our learning. But one of the things that surprises me is that regardless of all the warnings that we have, people still take God for granted. When King Uzziah became strong, his heart lifted up to his own destruction. Is it not amazing how when people are believing God for something, they will attend every prayer meeting. They will fast. They will pursue the man of God on the mountain, in the valley, and on the land. But the moment they get the answer, they forget about God. What are some of the things we take for granted? Let me quickly run through, then I'll take about one or two, then we'll continue next week. What are some of the, We take the name of the Lord for granted. We take sacred things for granted. We take the word of God for granted. We become over familiar with worship. We become over familiar with sin, over familiarity with sin. We become so familiar in the use of God's gifts and talents, at times we think it's ours. Over familiarity with time, we handle time anyhow. Over familiarity with giving, we get angry when the church talks about finance. Over familiarity with church property, we handle church property anyhow. Then over familiarity with God's work, over familiarity with church members. We, the pastors, at times we take you for granted. We will also look at over familiarity with the servants of God. 
then we will end up giving all the honor and the glory to God. Tell your neighbor it is well. But let me begin this afternoon as we look at taking the word, the name of the Lord. Today, the name of a familiarity with the, with the name of the Lord. Today, for many, the name has become a swearing word. And it's shocking that even Christians use the name Jesus to swear. When they are, when, when they are angry and they want to make an exclamation, the name that they use is the name of the supreme Jesus. Why? Because it has become too familiar. We've heard the name over and over and over and over. So we use it anyhow. Some have even reduced it to the cutting of wedding cake. Give me a J, then they lift the knife up. Give me an E, the knife is coming down. Give me an S, a U, and a U. They cut the cake. Oh, really? It is the name at which every knee bows. It is the name that brings deliverance. It is the name that restores. It is the name that has power to break every chain. It is the name that is above all. The only name that the devil hears and trembles. The name that causes the enemy to flee. But we also take sacred things for granted. And in this passage, we don't know whether Uzzah was a prophet or not. We don't know. In the carrying of the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord, the Lord had given specific instructions. First Chronicles 15, 15 says that. And the Levites carried the Ark of God with poles on their shoulders, as Moses had commanded in accordance with the word of the Lord. But you see, when the Philistines were returning the Ark because of, of, of the tragedies and the punishment, they are seizing the ark had bequeathed on them. They put the ark of the covenant of the Lord on a cart. In other words, two cows. And sent it forth back into Israel. And as the cows crossed the border, the, the Philistines just stood back and watched in amazement how the ark just the, the, the cows just walked straight into Israel. And the commandment in First Chronicles 15, 15 is that the ark of the covenant of the Lord must be carried on the shoulders of the Levites, not on carts. But because the Philistines did that, David and his men also did the same. And you, the, the sad thing is that the Levites at the time knew the commandment. But see, today, over familiarity has crept so much into the church that the church does not want to offend anybody at the expense of biblical truth. But what will it profit a man if I come here and preach prosperity every Sunday? And you know what? God prospers. But true prosperity is knowing Christ. Because it is the blessings of the Lord that make it rich. 
And the Bible says it has no. When God blesses you, it is eternal. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord open his treasures unto you in the mighty name of Jesus. May he open your eyes into the treasures in the secret places. It is God. You see, man prints money, but God distributes it. May he distribute it to you in the name of Jesus. May he give you fresh ideas in the name of Jesus. Today we preach what is popular and avoid what is culturally controversial. Why? Because we don't want to offend anybody. And unfortunately, the 21st century church has made a deliberate decision not to preach the truth that so much so that there are too many people in the churches all across the world who are living in sin and are so comfortable with it. Because today, premarital sex for many is no longer sin. Cohabitation for many, why not? It's my life. I do what I want with my life. Really? God forgives, but don't live in it. For many, the church has become a means of entertainment and social gathering. Once you accept Jesus, you can live your life anyhow. What two people in love? They cannot be away from each other. And when they know that their fancy is coming on a visit, they are well, they make sure their nails and uh, uh, their lip, lip, everything well, their fancy is coming on a visit. So they won't just dress anyhow. <laughs> but once they marry, after five years, the house becomes a war zone. The Brazilian hair is lying somewhere. The shoe of the man is lying somewhere. His jacket is lying. Taking each other for granted. <coughs> the nails are not done. A young man, stubborn young man. The whole church advised him he won't listen. This is the woman I will marry. He said, but this woman is too old for you. The Lord spoke to me. The Lord spoke to you. He said, fine, why not? They bless the marriage. So in the night, young man in their honeymoon. Booked a very good hotel. The young man said, I, I, I'm afraid of heights. So I love the grand floor. Why not? Booked a five-star hotel. Honeymoon, why not? On the bed waiting. The woman says, give me a minute. Takes off the Brazilian hair. The hair is bald. Then stands in front of the mirror and pulls it. All the truth are gone. Then reaches the hand in there, takes off the pad. The young man looks here with his underwear, jumps out of the window. You are running. Anywhere. The guy ran for his life. Next time when you advise, you will listen.
But we take sacred things for granted. You see, that which is holy is holy. And you and I cannot touch the glory of the Lord and get away with it. May we not frustrate the grace. But number three, the word. David sings a hymn and says, Your word, Psalm 119105, Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Today, the 21st century church has become too familiar with the word. Yeah, we've heard preaching. Ah. So during preaching, some sleep. Some can't be bothered. During preaching, they are talking. Some are chewing. Some are talking during preaching. They can't be bothered. They've heard it over and over and over again. But the only thing that is able to give you an inheritance among those that are sanctified is the word of God. No wonder Paul told the Ephesians church, Acts 20.32, that I commend you to God and the power of his word, which is able to build you up and give you an inheritance among those who are sanctified. There is power in the word of God. It is the word that creates, it is the word of God that sustains. The God, speak, God speaks his word to empty, emptiness, to nothing and nothing obeys God. There is power in the word of the living God. But for many of us today, the only time we open our Bibles is when we come to church on Sunday. We are too familiar. Then number four, worship. I believe that worship must be Led by the Spirit of God, it must come out of an attitude of gratitude and adoration. But today, the 21st century church across the world, they are in church, they are sending text messages, they are checking their emails, they are Twitter. Is it Twitter? A tweet, isn't it? And the, the, the question is, can you, if your CEO calls you, will you sit in front of your CEO and send text messages? May I plead with us that when we are coming to church on Sunday, see it as an appointment with God. And for the two hours that you will be in this auditorium, tell yourself, David said, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his, speak to yourself, speak to your mobile phone, speak to your heart, your heart, speak to your mind, speak to your eyes and ears, that for the next two hours, the appointment is with God, and nothing will interrupt, my phone will be off, there will be no gum in my mouth. I will not be talking during when the service is taken. I won't do that. Because you will not do that before your CEO. God says, if I'm a father, where is my honor? And if we honor, and for many of us, if a CEO should call us, so many people will shake. But anytime your CEO is calling you, it is for promotion. By virtue of the fact that you are a member of TBC, when you're, you're 
Don't think you are going to be sad. It is for promotion. I thought you received this well. Hallelujah. Understand that God inhibits the praises of his people. And that during worship, the Lord himself comes in to receive his worship. The Catholic Church has done so well. When my sister passed, she was a staunch Catholic. One of the things you can be assured of in a Catholic truth, the way they will kneel down and their reverence before God. Once they enter that temple, they know they are in the house of the Lord. What a charismatic Christian. Tell your neighbor, the Lord has forgiven you. Let me, let me do time, then I will continue next Sunday. Time, number seven. First Corinthians chapter 12 talks about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. So that's First Corinthians chapter 14. And sandwiched between the gifts of the Holy Spirit is that powerful writing by the Apostle Paul on love. One of the richest passages in scripture. What love is all about. First Corinthians chapter 13. So he sandwiches gifts of the Spirit in chapter 12 and 14 with love. In other words, if you are able to cause the dead to rise up and you have, love, you have no love, you are nothing. Then after, at the end of those three great chapters, if I can have that on the screen, 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 14. Let's read it together. For the second time. And the last time. Let all things, in other words, in the use of the gifts, in the exercise of our talents, when it comes to respect, when it comes to the graces that God has given unto us, anything that is done in the church, from worship, prayer, to preaching, the taking of the offering, the Bible says that let all things be done, what? Decently and in what? And in order. You see, a core value of Trinity Baptist Church and one of the things that the Lord does for me when I'm in Africa is the way that he opens my eyes to so many things and, and the way that he speaks to me. Uh, because, you know, in Africa, everybody wants to help you. Before you get up, your car is washed. You know, bef before you decide what to wear, there's somebody knocking on your door. Can I iron your dress for you? But you and I know that in this country it is DIY. <laughs> Who is going to hoover your room for you? You will do it yourself. Here, yeah? you will do it. But it's good discipline. So anytime I'm in Ghana, I am able to get more time to wait on the Lord. I'm not saying I don't do that here. I'm saying I get more. <laughs> Praise the Lord. That doesn't mean I'm going. I'm not. So the Lord was opening my eyes to the values that Trinity Baptist. 
A simple question dropped in my heart. When somebody comes into TBC and walk out, what are the three things they should say about the church? That was a question. I said, wow. Then the Lord started clearly ministering to me that one, if anybody comes into Trinity Baptist Church, the first thing they must know is the presence of the Lord. They must know that at TBC, the presence of the Lord is in the church. Through the worship, in the prayer, in the praises, in the preaching, people must know that the presence of the Lord is in the church. Then secondly, uh, secondly, when people come into TBC, as they walk out of the doors, they must know that the word of the Lord is in the church. This is a place where we preach the whole counsels of God. We preach it in love. We preach it as it is. Then thirdly, what the Lord brought to my heart is that order. When people walk into the church, they must know there is order in the church. Listen, there is a very wrong belief that the man of color is not disciplined with time. I beg to differ. Because when you come to TBC Accra, we start the service... At the beginning, it was a struggle. But coffee is here, he's my witness. We start the service on time and we finish the service. Only one of our pastors is struggling with that. But as long as he does that, he will, he's not preaching till he repents. Are you hearing me? I believe that if God wants us to do all things decently and in order, then there is nothing more powerful than order than time. I don't believe that when we come here, when you come to church, we should waste your time. Are you hearing me? We should be able to start the service at 9 and finish at 11. We should start the service at 12 and finish 2 o'clock prompt. Are you hearing me? So that means that if I'm the one coming to lead worship, I don't need to come and stand here and sing two, three songs to be in the spirit. I have prayed so well that the moment I lift the microphone, the presence comes. Are you hearing me? I'm playing the instruments. I have prayed so well when I sit at the back of the instrument, the Shekinah glory is coming down. I'm the preacher. I have waited before the Lord. So that when I come the 30 to 40 minutes I have to preach, I have prepared myself so well, I don't need to come and lead worship to enter, some would say, for me to enter into the spirit before I preach. Because I come prepared. Listen, wasting 20 minutes of time as a preacher means 20 times the number of people that are here. What do we do? And many, it's only stories. Stories! When we started this in uh, Accra, two people that shocked the church. And I spoke to them, Pastor Eastwood and Professor Akwadi. Pastor Eastwood takes the microphone. Preaches one of the most powerful sermons he's ever preached in 35 minutes. Finishes the service on time. He goes back to Bolgatanga, calls me about six weeks ago. Pastor Kingsley. Osofu. Hey. Now there's a revolution. I said, what revolution? He said, time revolution. 
And I didn't know I was punishing my people. I stand here to say that I'm a culprit of wasting your time. But it won't happen again. None of my pastors will waste your time again in the name of Jesus. That is why you must come to church early. We will over familiarity. Oh, it doesn't matter. It matters. 20 minutes that somebody can spend with their child and speak a word of encouragement. Nobody should come to church and walk out angry. The Nigerian churches have done so well with time. I'm talking about, when I talk about, I'm talking about the, you know. I'm not talking about. Tell your neighbor, the Lord is faithful. You see, the question is, how much can man retain? And at times, we talk and talk and talk and sing and talk and talk and talk and sing. And at times, the Lord is not in it. It takes only a sentence to change somebody. It takes only one line of a worship song to cause the tears to come down. But all that happens as we have waited in the presence of the Lord. My prayer is that over familiarity will rush out of this church. And that when it comes to sacred things, holy things will be holy. We will not touch God's glory because he will share his glory with no one. We will hate what God says he hates and we will love what God says he loves. May the heavens be opened over us. May the grace of the Lord be abundant over us. May the Lord rain mercy over us and cause his face to shine upon us. In the mighty name of Jesus. And the people of God shall say, Glory to God. So now, hear me, uh, instrumentalists, from now. Every, all of us, our preaching time is 40 minutes. So when we are playing the keyboard, the bass, the drums, when 40 minutes is up, you start playing. You play gently as a warning. When it's five minutes, you start. The keyboard is you start. La, 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 la. La, la, la. I'm giving you the right. La, 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 la. Then if the person is going on, boom, 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 boom. Hallelujah. Glory to God. You've just heard God's word brought to you by Trinity Baptist Church, London. We pray that this word will impact your life in a tremendous way. You are welcome to share your testimonies, prayer and counselling needs with us. Do visit us or write to us at Trinity Baptist Church, 2 Thornlaw Road, West Norwood, London, SE 27 OSA or call 0208-766-7732. Thank you and remain blessed.